the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions. Someone inform Los Angeles. Let's see if they care. This is the push-off. Well, welcome everybody to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened in Super Bowl La Vida and gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan, I stand corrected right. Dan, you stand corrected on what? What, what did they correct you on? I said it wasn't a good idea to build your team the way the Rams built their team. Oh, but we've yeah. talked about this before. If you win a fucking Super Bowl, I get to shut the fuck up about the way you want to do anything because that's all this is for. It's just to win a Super Bowl. Now, are the Rams in terrible danger of completely 90s Marlinings, uh, Marlinsing <laughs> this thing? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, they won a Super Bowl. We're not seeing the beginning of a uh, dynasty here in yeah. LA, are we? No, dude, dude, this is not this is not quite uh you know the beginnings of like the young patriots era. This this is a free agent smorgasbord. You know, you've got your defense is covered with high-priced dudes, your offense is covered with high-priced dudes um, that you won't be able to best, afford very soon. Your best defensive player is talking about retiring now. He's at the top of his game. He's talking serious about retirement. Your uh, your quarterback, yeah, was just draft was just picked up, and he's thirty two. Thirty two? Is that Stafford's age? Uh, no, there? he's older than that. Um, he was drafted in two thousand nine. He's got to be older than that. That's true. He just got a, had a birthday too, like before this week started or something too. Um, yeah, I he was and, my and age. you know what? Your thirty four. Your 34. head coach, though he is the youngest in the league. He was talking about retirement or or leaving the Rams or something, you know, up until like the game day of the game, and had to be told, no, 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 he's going to get an extension. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, he'll. I mean, you and I both have children. We do. Sean McVay does not have children, but he's talked about wanting a family. I think he'll sign a contract, get into one of two things is going to happen. He's going to do what I did, which is. I'm glad I have this family. Now I got to go to work <laughs> because there's a, too many children. I need to work. Or he might be like, you know what? I'm flush with cash. I'm, you know, a man in my late 30s. Why don't I settle down and be a father? Yeah, um, I want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't have, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have that luxury. My ass got to get to work. Um, <laughs> but if I could, I'd stay home and play with my kids all day. It's fantastic. So, it, you know, I mean, that's definitely something that would be attractive. Um, that being said, we talked about this a lot. These people are psychotic uh, lunatics. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something he wants to do or if he wants to direct that psycho shit to the NFL. Um, I, I think the best person to ask that question would be Andy Reid. I, I don't yeah. mean to be rude, but, like, Andy, if you could do it over, what would you do differently? You know, especially now that he has a Super Bowl ring. To a degree, you're never going to chase it as hard. 
you know. So if if he has to ask that question, I'd ask it of Andy Reid, like, would you do anything differently? You had a son that committed suicide. You had, you know, a son with alcohol issues. Do you take is that is that part of this? Like, is that mm. sort of destructive personality going to affect my children? Because if it is, I can see him walking away. But if Andy's like, no, man, that's just shit in my family. Uh, you might be different. He might stay and do it. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not putting a lot of stock in McVeigh leaving, and McVeigh kind of come out and said he probably isn't. He he can do this for a while. He's in a fine situation. I think most of it can, you know, if your Super Bowl winning head coach is talking about, I don't know, I don't need this. Throw a few more zeros at the end of his money line, and I think he can decide, you know, change his mind. So that's probably yeah. what we're talking about. Stan Kroenke's fucking loaded. All right, he's yes. fucking loaded. Cronky? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he's fucking loaded. If, did if we I talk, McVeigh, did we I talk would just about the settlement he paid off to the uh, St. Louis? Oh, I mean, the, I think we did. I mean, he he was out back money. in November. It was yeah, yeah, and it was like to not even go to because this came up. I was talking to a buddy this week about you know St. Louis, L.A., and now they have a, a Super Bowl there, and that's perfect time for the NFL that the L.A. franchise gets themselves a Super Bowl. Um that the St. Louis, uh, you know, base was was left abandoned and they took offense to that, sued them. And Kroenke, to avoid even just a trial, settled outside of court for a ton of money and has to pay somewhere on triple-digit million dollars. $790 million. There it is, $790 million. And it's like, so if he wants to pay that much to not go to trial, to not have other stuff come up, about his money, you know, all this money to help out a city, St. Louis, yeah. you know, and it takes that. It takes a guy leaving there to get more rich to have to pay for a city. How much money would you pay to make sure no one ever found out your internet search history? <laughs> right. That's the you line. Know? That's the line. And so you're like, well, if I'm a billionaire, I mean, I'll look up some freaky shit. So and then line gets higher and higher. Yeah, line gets higher and higher, man. Right, right now, I mean, shit. You, I'm, I'd probably post it somewhere. It wouldn't do me any good. <laughs> I am what I am. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to keep your secrets, your devastating secrets, because all this shit is, all rich people are. It's just a shell game because money's not real anymore. I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent, but money's <laughs> not real anymore. It's just how people feel about your wealth. It's just your estimated value. So if somebody mm-hmm. like really went after Kroenke, he'd be fucking broke. You know, he'd have to sell all his aqu- assets for liquid, and he, you know, he wouldn't be a billionaire anymore at all. That's that's what all this Bitcoin stuff is, and uh, NFT stuff that I'm seeing in the commercials now for <laughs> for these football games. That's how it works together, right? Is yeah. it's, it's not real money, but if we, I can make you believe it's money in my hand, that's just as good. But that's what money is. That's what that's money right. is. It's all it's ever been. Uh, we're we're really getting off on a, a strange economic. Oh, so far here. off, so far off from football. <laughs> we're like we're gonna have a nice tight post Super Bowl wrap up show. Let's get Let, into cryptocurrency. No, let's talk about Super Bowl La Vida. Let's talk about it all. Um, as it began, uh, the pregame was led off by a speech from Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, what could only be described as a four-page speech <laughs> monologue. Um, he did it was great, a monologue. Though. That's he a good way to put it. Fire it up. Usually in L.A. in the SoFi Stadium, the Rams have the let's get ready to rumble. What's his name, right? Bruce Buffer. Yeah, Yeah. that's L.A. That's only Rams thing, right? Well, I mean, anybody can pay. Bruce Buffer will do that at your birthday party if you want him to. Like, the fucking guy is available for rent. 
but I think he lives in LA and they're like, eh, here's a couple thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, fuck it. That in a free game? Sign me up. Um, yeah, Vikings have the horn and they just have that guy yelling. Yeah, and the Cowboys have uh, alcoholism and racism. So, you know, we know how to get these games started. Get it going. Yeah. Um, NBC got the game. They they uh, enjoyed it. They, they celebrated having the Super Bowl by introducing a new ticker uh, for the game, as, as these shows love to do for their Super Bowls when they show it. What's wild, though, with NBC getting it this year is they have the uh, Olympics, too. Yeah. They there was a point where they're showing Olympic coverage and then around it was early too noon or something they yeah. cut away and it was like let's start pregame for a game that's going to take place in five hours <laughs> like what I mean it's a but, Super Bowl it's a, it's a daily event I I mean it's one of those things we, we talked about this before with New Orleans losing the Super Bowl because of Mardi Gras mm-hmm. it's kind of like NBC it's like you shouldn't get both. You shouldn't be able to, like, do the fucking Olympics like it's a thing and also get the Super Bowl. Like, you can't do either of them a service. Luckily, this year's Olympics are dog shit, uh, and they're played in a post-apocalyptic Chinese hellscape, so uh, no interest. No, I think I'm pretty sure, yeah, ratings went up when they started pregame for, you know, four hours earlier than than it did for whatever, you know, the whatever games they were playing. Um, So, anyways, this one... Let's come right out. The Super Bowl La Vida. Rams win it. Uh, we talked about that. It was 23-20. It was a tight game. So, Dan, you picked the Rams to win. I did. I had it a two-point game. You had it a, a two-score game or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So, I at least had it close. The Bengals actually held the spread. It yeah. was four and a half, I guess. So, the Bengals, if you had the Bengals, you, you still took that. Uh, a little bit on the stats. Stafford, um, under a 300 yards, but 26 for 40. He started on fire. Like, 12 for 12 or something ridiculous. Um, three touchdowns and then two picks. He still had his bad throws and bad decisions kind of in there, but it wasn't enough t- to kill this team. Or the Bengals' offense didn't take it over enough to do it. Cooper Cup, MVP, 92 yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. Uh, talk more about him. And then Beckham, a touchdown left in the second quarter with what we now know is a torn ACL. Is that right? It's a torn ACL. So, I mean, he's going into his free agency with a torn ACL. Uh, mm. Cam um, Akers is like, here's Rams. my dude. Call this guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Rams defense, seven sacks. You know, we talked about how big that was going to be. Two for Miller, two for Donald. Um, that seven sack is tied for the most sacked uh, on one quarterback. I'll say it in that way. Other than one other time, Dan, tied for the most. Do you know the other one? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Denver Broncos Super Bowl against uh, Cam Newton. That makes sense. No, this one was seven sacks on Staubach in Super Bowl Ten. Oh, yeah, that was that was not a good offensive line that year. The other side of the ball, Burrow, 22 for 33, 263 and a touchdown. He only threw one touchdown because Mixon threw the other touchdown, mm-hmm. 73 total yards on scrimmage. Uh, Higgins had the most yards by any receiver technically in this game with 100 mm-hmm. and two touchdowns. So really Higgins' numbers are better than Cups, if not the size of Cups' passes, uh, catches, I guess. You know, that's what outweighs it. And then um, Chase, 93 total yards from scrimmage too because they were getting him the ball on, on reverses and things like that around. 
Um, I've got this almost broken down by quarters here, Dan, but I don't know how in depth. What are you thinking? Well, let's. I'm going to go broad, and then we yeah. can kind of talk about it. Let's do it. Broadly, this game was a perfect defensive game by the Cincinnati Bengals. They did everything you could possibly want for that defense. Money well spent. This was an offense whose glaring weakness was clearly exposed. And this is a Rams team that on both sides of the ball had their big-time players show up in big-time moments, oh, which yeah. is exactly what they wanted them to do. So that's that's my overarching narrative of this game. But let's get into it, man. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay, so neither team did much with their first drives, which was interesting because that's what you look at when the scripted. But with Super Bowls, I think you got some butterflies, you got some issues and stuff in there. So defense is coming big. But the Beckham touchdown was LA's second drive. So it's 7 to nothing midway through the first quarter. Um, and Cincinnati doesn't do anything until the end of the first half. So it ends seven to not first half, excuse me, first quarter. End of the first quarter is seven to three. So if you have those numbers your you know, in your squares, of course you, you know, we're going to feel good already. Seven to three, <laughs> the luckiest, easiest numbers to get in squares and you land on them in the first quarter. Yeah. Zero and seven are pretty good, but, um, sure. We do have to talk a little bit about why that touchdown, that first Rams touchdown occurred, because Taylor decided to go for that shit on fourth and one, which I yeah. I actually thought this is a good idea. It's, you know, you play to win the game. We've talked about this a million times. The Rams punted on their first possession. They, have, they do nothing. You know, it's seven plays, but they get a yard out of it. And then right out the gate, they get an eight-yard pass, and then they kind of get stuffed, and they're like, hey, we're going to force this thing. And they get the ball turned over at midfield. And that yeah. ball turning over at midfield, really short field for the Rams that don't need any more help offensively, um, which led to Beckham's touchdown. But Which Hilton was all over him on the touchdown pass. Too. Oh, Great yeah. coverage. Yeah. And he still brought it in. Like I said, perfect defensive game by the Bengals. Couldn't have asked for anything better, but sometimes big-time players make big-time plays. Yeah. Uh, so second quarter begins, L.A. Uh, first drive has a big third and 11 conversion, and that leads to Cup's first touchdown. But the extra point slips out of Hecker's hands, so it's no good. So we're talking 13-3 to early second quarter. Uh, but then Cincinnati turns around. They have uh, an even better drive. This one ends with the touchdown pass, mix and throws to Higgins. Another big, you know, we're seeing this more and more lately is trick plays in the Super Bowl to catch people off guard. And oh, yeah. Philly special worked, so why not this kind of thing, I guess? You got to practice those. Those are fun. Yeah. Um, it works. It's 13 to 10 all of a sudden halfway through the second quarter. Um, and then the next drive, Beckham injures his knee. And things don't go great from that point on for the Rams for a bit, and you start feel, you know start feeling bad for Odell a little bit because it's like boy if he was out there that would just be a different Rams offense, and they did lose out with Van Jefferson taking over for him. You could tell. Um, and then um, after uh, he goes down, Stafford throws that deep pass into the end zone, picked off in the end zone. I'm trying to remember whereabouts he threw that. They did he give up a field goal spot from there, or was that even deep? Well, it was at the, it was at the Rams 43. So okay. you're either getting a first down or you're going for a field goal, a long field goal. Yeah. 
Um, so I understand it. It's it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a gamble, but it's a, exactly <laughs> a Stafford gamble that you go for. So that's not an egregious interception. That's more of a more of a punt than anything else. It didn't bother him because after the interception, we get a flag. The first flag on Cincinnati in this game is at the two-minute warning in the first half. So that's a big thing to remember. Not a lot of laundry on the field up to up to no. this point. And it's a, a taunting foul because there's a player not in the game that goes on the field and celebrates with them. To the credit of the rest, this was something I said that did need to be flagged. Like, it was something that was allowed, oh, yeah. uh, I'd say, as early as last season when there wasn't fans is because they, they put up those screens in the uh, um, end zone, and if there was an interception, everybody ran over there, and, and they posed. And sometimes you get a couple offensive players or somebody else on street clothes that ran in there too. And here is this guy um, who's you know got to get on the screen here for so the Super Bowl. You're still allowed to do it uh, if you're in uniform, but he was not in uniform. He's in street clothes. You can't get on the fucking field. Okay, then that, that's the difference, yeah. So uh, that one moves him to like the five-yard line. So Cincinnati can't really do anything with this ball. They end up, uh, yeah, punting it in midfield to L.A. L.A. can't really do anything with it either, and we go to halftime, right? 13-10. Mm-hmm. 13-10 at half, but if it's starting to feel pretty good. You know, that was Cincinnati turned it around, uh, the interception, the end zone, even though they didn't do anything with it. It's starting to settle up. Um, it feels was, even, even going into the half. Yeah. Let's let's keep this. You want to keep this in narrative and talk about halftime show? Yeah, let's talk about the halftime show. Damn good halftime show. It and, was. Uh, I think you'd even have uh, us old, older white people than us t- say it's a good halftime show. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was interesting. I was, I was saying to my wife when I was watching it, I was like, this halftime show reminds me of the game so far, which is technically good yet unremarkable. Uh, there was nothing about the halftime show that was like, ooh, spectacle. You True. know, everything was just like, hey, this person's famous. Watch them do the thing that they're famous for. This person's also famous. Watch them do the thing they're famous for. Mary J. Blige is here because everybody likes her, but she's not really famous or really well-known. Uh, <laughs> like, you know who Mary J. Blige is, but can you name four Mary J. Blige songs? No, you <laughs> fucking can't because uh, I think she only released two. So... <laughs> You know, and then 50 Cent's like, I have the one song, but uh, I invented vitamin water, so I'm allowed to be here. That was the thing. I They, they come out, and the little set thing is neat. Um, Dr. Dre and Snoop are singing a song that's 40 years old, and that's, I think, the neatest thing. You should go, man, this still holds up. And mm-hmm. Snoop's looking good, and is all blue, and they're, you know, dancing with it. And then they, like, point, like, something's going on below us, and... Uh, 50 Cent is hanging upside down, and that's the one, I think, misstep in this uh, otherwise pretty planned out uh, setup is you can't rap with the blood is running to your head like that, and 50 Cent figured it out quick. No, sure, goes, it's my birthday. Yeah. You died in a club, another the club, this is a word club. Another word that runs with club. Uh, yeah, he was losing it, so he and then it took him a bit to get down and then catch his breath and get it going again. And uh, the dancers, though, who were getting paid, you could tell they were dancing it up. Thank thank God they found some money for those poor dancers. Dance for your dollar. Yeah, um, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem. Uh, they all. Yeah, you're right. They all did their thing, but they did it well, and, and they all. 
we're out there together kind of thing. That was a fun bit. 50 Cent was the one quote unquote surprise. Mm hmm. And it wasn't that great of a surprise. So no, that, you're right. That is a miss. I thought so. The only way this could have been a real spectacle is if they brought back Tupac. Yeah, if Tupac. You know, yeah, was alive just, and yeah, I Tupac think was, like, was hoping that. <laughs> yeah, I've been alive the whole time. I'm having an affair with Jada Pinkett because uh, we went to high school together. That's yeah. right. I I understand the history of Tupac. Um, uh, that's the yeah. only thing. Only thing we're missing is the you know. I'm glad they didn't do any fucking holograms. Prince still number one. Um, with yeah. a bullet print. Ooh, yeah. No, he's still number one. But Beyonce gave him a run for his money. Beyonce's was fun. Beyonce's was great. Bruno Mars was great. There's a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot of good ones. There's a, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, recently they've they've figured out a way to make it. Yeah, make it a good spectacle. Make it fun. And that's. I hope they keep it going. This one was. This one was still fun. Um. Now because it's a game on it's Sunday and kickoff is happening at a 5.30 and I've watched two hours of pregame up to that. I, I, I'm, I'm well liquored up and I haven't had anything to eat, so I'm going to try to get something in my stomach between <laughs> a excellent halftime show and kickoff. So it, to my surprise, when I get back in front of the television and Higgins is running down the field already for a touchdown, uh, that happened right away to start the uh, third quarter. It uh, it was immediate, and and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Because I, I had done the same thing. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get the children down to bed. I'm going to yeah. do their nighttime songs, and then I'm going to go back downstairs. And I was watching on Peacock, so I could have paused it, but I was like, that's fine. I'll miss a couple you know, pre-fucking commercials. I don't need to do this. I, wanna, I wanted to be up to date with where the people were. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, I just hear, and there he goes. I was like, T. Higgins. I was like, the fuck is going on uh and you know i I had to go back and uh you know you see a face mask and i know that people were calling it a blown call and sure it was but um you know there were a couple blown calls in this game and sometimes they're a wash um if that had been called correctly a face mask as it should have been we wouldn't have had a touchdown but maybe we would have had a nice long Bengals drive uh you know maybe this game's very different we we can't know we can't possibly know but um, it, it is what it is. That's what they called. And, um, God, it was a fun play though. And it was very exciting and really changed the dimension of the game. So, right. you know, we it, always talk about go with the thing that is more fun. That's more fun to just let them get the <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, they were, they were letting everyone play and yeah, I don't know. You ask for a consistency or something there. This was still early third quarter. So they, they let it go or they missed it completely. What happens yet? But it was a face mask and it wasn't called, but Higgins, Gets a touchdown with it, um, so it's thirteen to seventeen right away third quarter, and the next play for LA Stafford throws a pick, and that one was the bad one. Oh, that was that was stupid, but also kind of not his fault. Uh, it it was basically in Skaronic's hands, and then bounced out, and Cheetah Bay Woozie picks it up. Yeah. So I mean, Uzi, it wasn't a, who had a good game here. Yeah, yeah. too. Wasn't a bad throw by Stafford, but he forced it in there, and Skoranek just couldn't handle it. And that was another problem, you know, throwing it to Skoranek and stuff instead of Beckham. Like, that's yeah. a problem. Or you're Robert supposed to be, Woods th- and- yeah, you're supposed to be throwing that shit to Van Jefferson. You're supposed to be throwing it to Robin- Robert Woods. You're supposed to be throwing it to Odo Beckham, not Skoranek. Whoops. Yeah, but here we are. It's the Super Bowl, and, you know, to Stafford's credit, he's trying to do what he can. Uh, with what he has. Um, 
but here we go. So Cincinnati takes over, and it looks like this is a good way to t- turn this whole thing around. There is then that uh, shove that Donald has to Burrow in the sidelines, which leads to a bunch more shoving on the sidelines. Uh, I think I texted you at that point, too, that like Bengals are just looking for uh, Donald to get thrown out of the game. Oh, they'd have loved it. You know, p- tries to choke somebody like he likes to do. Uh, but also, too, kind of surprising that, that all of that shoving, all of that getting in the face led to, again, no flags at all. Like, it was called a very different than any other game we saw up it, to the Super Bowl. Well, the main thing was it wasn't, one, it wasn't illegal to shove Burrow. He was still in the field. I thought that was, yeah, I thought it was a fine, I didn't think it was late, no. It, it also wasn't extremely violent from the offensive line. It's a natural protective reaction for them to do that, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like nobody got grabbed in the face mask. Nobody got grabbed by the jersey. There weren't punches thrown. So I understand that. I think if it had gone on for another like five seconds, you would have seen flags for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but I this, once again, so far this game, I was like, man, this is called kind of evenly down the middle. They fucked up on that T. Higgins touchdown, but pretty evenly called, and they kind of let him play. In yeah. this game, which I appreciated up to a certain point. Yeah, up to a certain point. Uh, since he gets a field goal on that drive, so it's 13 to 20 now with about McPherson 11 minutes. McPherson perfect through the playoffs. Yeah. 11 minutes in the third here for that one. Um, yeah, it's in the next uh, drive, LA tries their own Philly special. Uh, the pass is missed. Um, he, yeah, Cup threw it, right? Cup threw it to uh, Stafford. and He did. Stafford was open, so Cup missed him. That's the only you know mistake Cup had all game, so you know, lay off him. Uh, they kick their own field goal from about 40, 41 out, I think it was. So 16 to 20 now, Cincy with about six left in the third. That's where the score kind of hangs for a bit, 16 to 20. Um, you see Burrow getting more pressure. You see uh, the Rams not doing much with it either oh and then they both start getting injured so we go into the fourth quarter 1620 and la's next drive stafford rolls his ankle on a sack and he's limping off and that's a big issue and then i think since he's next drive burrow gets landed on and he's limping off with a knee injury it uh it got interesting right here because suddenly you could tell that the adrenaline that the Cincy offensive line had had throughout the game was starting to wear off. <laughs> and they were starting to be back to what they physically were, uh, which is not a talented offensive group. And this is when LA's defense started really pushing them around. I agree. Um, I think it was that. Plus, I think early on, too, it looked like, I, I, I think it was like, Aaron Donald and they hike the ball. It just feels like it's a live, a live grenade for like two, one, two, three, get rid of it kind of thing. And that's how Burrow played it early on. Was like, I gotta throw it, I gotta throw it. And I think later he's like, damn it, I want to get a little bit more. I want to do a little bit more with this. So he held on to it and he tried to sidestep. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes his offensive lineman had another good one-two there. They kept talking about how they wanted to double team. Uh, Donald and Donald just kept sliding further and further outside. And then the biggest change, I guess, was the hook back in that Miller was doing. Mm-hmm. Von Miller was lining up outside. He'd wait, and then he'd run back inside. And that, that te- the center that's trying to help out Donald is you know, messing with Miller getting in there now, too. And that's where it was a big issue. Cincinnati put up 38 yards of offense after their final field goal. That's it. 
in basically a quarter and a half, they put up 38 yards of offense. Obviously, their final drive, they had, you know, what, 25 yards or so. Right. But that is not enough to be competitive in the Super Bowl when you have a you have a lead. You know, it it started to become clear in the fourth quarter that since he was not going to win this game because they just weren't as talented. It, it just was becoming clearer that their offense was going to let them down because their offensive line was letting them down. The yeah. defense kept them in this. Like, I kept waiting for the defense to force Stafford to make an egregious mistake because that was the only way they were going to win this game was if Stafford made a fucking terrible decision. Even and when they were up, right? Even when I was sitting there 16-20, yeah. you're like, since he's not doing enough with nope. this, that's not going to be enough points. LA's going to figure out. And so they finally did, and it was a Super Bowl record, 15 play drives. So apparently there's been, I don't know if there's been longer in terms of yards, but in 15 plays, this is the longest drive in a Super Bowl. Uh, to the first and goal with two minutes left. So I don't even remember how much time was on the clock when the drive started. I think it was like five or six minutes. Yeah, I think it was six. They took so much time off it, and it was mostly Cooper Cup. Mostly Cooper Cup down the field. I think that drive, too, was the no-look pass that we've been seeing since Sunday. It was a great-looking pass, and and it was obvious, too, when you are staring down the one guy you trust on the field to throw the ball to now that it's clutch. You know, you could tell none none of these passes are going to Skoranek at this point. (laughs) It's all cup. So um, it works somehow because he's MVP, gets it all the way down the field. Uh, and then it, it, after the, the two-minute warning, we get in a lot of uh, flags. It starts with a – because it was first and goal from about the eight. It starts with about the third and goal one. That's the hold when he comes out of the break. I don't think – was it on Cup? I forget who he says he holds, the, the uh, linebacker. Yeah, so it was uh, it was Luke Wilson, and he, he held Cooper Cup. But it was okay. a fucking great play. It was a great play. It wasn't a hold, right? No, I don't think that was a hold. I actually no. think that was bullshit, and that should have been a, a fourth down situation. Yeah, so it should have been fourth down there, but again, uh, there was a, they had another play, so we'll see what would have happened there. Um, it's still, it would have been a four-point game, so you had a fourth and goal from the eight. That would have been cool to see, and I think that's what we should have seen, but again, T. Higgins grabs uh, the face mask yeah. and yanks him down and gets a touchdown out of it. So was this the balance out, I guess? To to me, this was the balance. Yeah. That it was like, ooh, that's tough, but like this is the balance. But, you know, like I said, you still got to stop him on the next couple drives as much as that's bad, you know, <laughs> but it, it didn't win the game for them there. It didn't win it for them there, but then they also got a pass interference la- another play later, like the next so play or two plays later. They had penalties on three straight plays to basically end this game, which – the the Wilson on Cup I don't think was a good penalty. However, no. the Von Bell unnecessary roughness was accurate. Yeah, uh, it sucks because it would have been a, it offset a Havenstein holding call, which would have pushed them back to basically making it first and goal at the fourteen, and that's a tough situation. Didn't but he it also was an, catch that one? Wasn't it he also did. a touchdown? Yeah, it was a touchdown, but he got and so it was a touchdown, but then he. Von Bell basically lit him the fuck up. Yeah, he, he um, launched into him, which is true. You can't do, but who ca- at that point, who cares? He caught it. He held on to it. It would have been a touchdown if not for the holding call. So there was at yeah. least one flag that was negative L.A. Yep. So that that can maybe try to wipe out the feeling in my head that, 
you know, when you when you do that holding call that late in it, when you know it's an important call for LA, it sure feels like the NFL wanted you to get LA a Super Bowl championship. Like that was the one part that bothered me there at the end. Well, it I mean they also did the smart thing, which is they threw at Eli Apple. And then <laughs> Eli Apple had a pass interference, which was a totally legit pass interference call. And I'm glad you brought it up. Eli Apple has gotten uh, just torn apart online uh, on this stuff. And I didn't realize the reason why. And it does seem like Eli Apple makes no friends wherever he goes. Oh, he's he a goes. piece of shit. And he's a mama's boy, too, which is like the worst fucking thing. Like, everybody in the NFL loves their mama. But Eli Apple's a bitch. <laughs> he, uh, he tweeted at a bunch of Chiefs players. Uh, something about, you know, I'll get you tickets to the Super Bowl because he's going and they're not, and he thinks, oh, that's great. And then uh, they are sending him photos back of their ring as soon as he loses. It's rough. You know, a lot of salt, a lot of salt getting thrown around on that Twitter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you gotta, you, you're you allowed to talk shit if you're a star, but Eli Apple's not a star. Eli Apple is a roster churn, dude. Shut the fuck up, Eli Apple. Yeah, he moves around a lot, so it, it, it's probably not best to not make friends. You have no idea who's going to be a new teammate yeah, for in real. a year or two. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it does not work out for them, so they, they, they get lined up again. They At this point, there's plenty of time on the clock, so it's just how L.A. wants to get the score. And from the one-yard line, they don't hand it off. In fact, L.A. did not do a lot of running in this game, yeah. period. The rest, or the rest, uh, the announcers, <laughs> Al Michaels, uh, Collinsworth, would tell you, like, because the Buck, the Bengals can run the ball, that's what's giving the Bengals the, the edge here. And it was true. Like, Mixon would tear off these nice 12-yard runs here and there, but then things would get dicey for Cincy later in the drive. The Rams realized, we're just going to win by throwing it around, so we're going to try to do that. And it worked. The, the Rams had under 50 yards rushing. Yeah. The whole game. The whole game. Joe Mixon by himself outgained the entire Rams team uh, on the ground. But uh, Matt Stafford tried to sneak it in, tried to get that quarterback sneak. Would have gotten himself the MVP if he had done so. I think uh, you're right. But uh, decided to throw it to Cooper Cup and got yeah. Cooper Cup the MVP instead. Just a, a fade to the corner there for Cup, and, and Cup came up with it as a great-looking pass. I mean, when you see that he could do that too, you're like, well, yep, there's your MVP. Yeah. Um, So it's still plenty of time here since he gets the ball. It's uh, 23, yeah, 23 to 20 at that point with a minute 25 left. So since he got the ball, they take it about midfield, on that drive, and it's fourth and one. Uh, it's just a yard, but Aaron Donald tore through there. I think, you know, there is a uh, uh, mic'd up thing of McVeigh saying, like, this is Aaron Donald there. It felt like it. It felt like leading in is like, oh, shoot, it's fourth down, and they're gonna. Aaron Donald's coming with all his force here. So if you're not getting rid of the ball quickly, he's going to get to you. And. Yeah, uh, Burrow held on to it. He tried to get around. To his credit, he threw it out of there as quick as he could, to, yeah. as much as he could. Uh, doesn't get it out. Turnover on downs. That's the that's the play. It. They basically. I mean, I was I was looking at this going, wow, this is gonna be this is gonna be a hell of a final drive. But then, they had a 17 yard pass. They had a nine yard pass. I'm like, holy shit, they're midfield. And then it took them three plays to not gain another yard. That was when the Rams defense kind of rolled their back up and said, no fucking thank you, we're going to win this game. I think a first down there changes this whole game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, you can't run Samaje Pirine uh, during clutch moments. It's not a good idea. You know, you have Joe Mixon. Run Joe Mixon. Don't put the game in the hands of Samaj P. Ryan. Give it to your playmakers. The last two plays of the game were Samaj P. Ryan plays. What are you doing? Yeah, or it's also fourth and short. You need to have a point where if you need an outlet, still leave somebody back there to help you block Aaron Donald or, or Von Miller. One of them is coming to, with not enough people there, you know, so that's what happened. Um, here we go. So the Rams celebrate. It is uh, Super Bowl MVP, the Cooper Cup, my you know my season MVP. So there's some redemption there for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wide receiver triple crown, offensive player of the year, and now Super Bowl MVP. The only other player to do that in his career was Jerry Rice, and he did it in a season. So that's yeah. that's a good wide receiver season. Cooper Cup in a season. And then uh, the only other player to win Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP in the same season was Joe Montana. Ooh. Surprised that wasn't the MVP. Yeah. But this is the 80s. That's when the quarterback used to get the Offensive Player of the Year. Right. Um, And then, okay, so to catch up, we talked about Beckham with his torn ACL. That one hurts. Eric Weddle tore his pectoral in this game, but... He came out of retirement, so he'll probably just head back into retirement and heal up that peck. Yeah, yeah, you, he'll be fine. I mean, his uh, his bench press is going to dip down for about a year, but he'll be all right. He got the Super Bowl championship in the ring. Which That's is all he, he wanted. That's all he wanted. Yeah. You, would you trade a peck it. for a Super Bowl win? I would. Would you trade a, a year's worth of your peck for a Super Bowl win? That seems easy to me. Seems easy. And, well, he was too. Like he did he win with Baltimore or anybody prior? No. He was, uh, yeah, he never won one. I mean, he was chasing one his whole career. When he went to the Rams, he was chasing one. Right. Um, Try that. Like, you've retired, basically. You're done. You don't think you're going to win one. Then you get this opportunity, and you end up getting it with them. Like, that's wild. So he gets that. And then uh, we talk about Donald talking retirement, one that also seems much more certain, but hasn't been called yet. Whitworth, left tackle, talking retirement after this one. I mean, Whitworth should retire. He's literally the oldest player in the league. <laughs> he should it's step perfect, away. I mean, yeah. Then they perfect. said it too. Like, he was, uh, you know, talking about it before the game. You know, oh, it's a Super Bowl against my previous team that drafted me. Like, it's it's a good storybook ending for him. I mean, so this is this is the way you walk off into the sunset. You're never going to get a more perfect team than the team that drafted you beating them in the Super Bowl with the team that you went to as a free agent in your 40th year. It just makes sense. Whitworth, feel good, walk away. Uh, I, I mean, it's a feel-good story. I don't think Andrew Whitworth's going to the Hall of Fame, but, uh, you know, this I don't think he has anything left to prove. I don't think two or three more seasons would get him to the Hall of Fame anyway. So, yeah, I'd say walk away. This, uh, we're talking Hall of Fame, this L.A. Rams Super Bowl victory. Does this do anything for people's Hall of Fame cred in terms of the Rams? Stafford. It helps Stafford the most. Helps him. Now, that's an argument that's going on right now. People talking about that doesn't he's qualify not in. him. No, he's not in yet. Okay. He's not in. Um, it, yeah. Another five years of productivity, and we're probably talking— I'm, I'm not saying he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but we're probably having a conversation about two or three years into eligibility. Should it be Matt Stafford? Like— this puts him ahead of Tony Romo. 
I immediately not, it puts him ahead of not, Tony Romo. It, it doesn't put him ahead of like Matt Ryan, who's also won an MVP. Yes, it's he has not gotten an MVP. Matt Ryan is more deserving of the Hall of Fame than Matt Stafford. Because Matt Ryan hasn't won a Super Bowl, but we're talking about a Hall of Fame that's more of the individual awards. It is. It is. Uh, now, yeah. if if Matt Ryan wins an MVP, I think, he, or if he wins a Super Bowl, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Matt Stafford goes out and wins MVP next year, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So there's these like points. It's like on your license if you're getting tickets. You know, you get these points that are on there. Like Tom Brady has three Hall of Fame level careers. Yeah. Um, has so many points he could do it three times. And he could retire, go to the Hall of Fame, come back, and go into the Hall of Fame two more times <laughs> if he wanted to. And I'd be fine with it. Yeah, um, I like the yeah how we are setting up these arbitrary points to the to the Hall of Fame. And uh, let's do the math. Add it up. Well, sorry, you don't make it right now. It doesn't feel. I can tell the story of the NFL without Matt Stafford. Yeah. I know he won a Super Bowl here, but did Matt Stafford win the Super Bowl, or did this incredible Rams defense and you know Cooper Cup win the Super Bowl? That's the um, argument to be had. Aaron Donald, seven-time oh. All-Pro. Yeah, Aaron Donald already a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer. I well, I think he's first ballot. He's definitely Hall of Fame. The the thing that makes me go, oh, okay, that's what you qualify for a Hall of Fame now is Tony Baselli going in, who never won shit, <laughs> but he was amazing for like seven years, and he was so good for those seven years. I mean, he was the last member of the '90s All Decade team to enter the Hall of Fame. Everybody else that's on the 90s All-Decade team is in. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, okay. Then, yeah, there's there's obviously others. Von Miller. Oh, he was already in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's a little crazy stats kind of preview here for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They have lost now three Super Bowls in their franchise by an average score of four points. Oh, poor Bengals. Tight, tight losses for the Bengals, yeah. They, it's not like they're not, they're not getting blown out. They, they should be in these games. They're just not winning them. And then finally, Burrow was sacked 70 times total, counting the postseason as well, regular season and postseason, 70 times. The most sacks by a winning Super Bowl quarterback was Big Ben, who won with 54 sacks in a season. Yeah, I mean, and he could take way more sacks back then, but I think it really fucked up his body, too. I mean, <laughs> he was he was taking a lot of sacks because he held onto the fucking ball too long. Joe Burrow got that ball out in about two seconds. He was still getting hit. Yeah, yeah, and you went that, like, okay, so we know Joe Burrow has this rough offensive line. He's taking all these hits. That's not going to slow down for him in his career, and it's still a very young career, so we'll see. Yeah, I, we'll see I, the, think, I think it has damage to. Damage in the future. I think it has to because he's he's going to have to get protection or he's not going to stay in Cincinnati. I, I don't think he can stay in Cincinnati. If, if he gets another year or two of this, I think he will force his way out of Cincinnati and no one will begrudge him that. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So we'll see. Um, you, you were talking to me a little bit this week about where Cincinnati goes next year. What, oh yeah, what do the Bengals have? Now, they got Monday off of uh, school. That's great. Unfortunately, it's it was just a reminder. You know, school would have been maybe a nice uh, 
get your mind off it. It's just another <laughs> Monday and, and we move on with our lives. But with the day off, you had to sit there and, and wallow in it. What, what do you think they go though from here? Give them some outlook. So I, I think, I think some people might've started drinking after that game. So maybe they needed that morning to themselves after the um, game. <laughs> so <laughs> could wait true. that long. That's true. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals have estimated $50 million in cap space. $50 million in cap space for next year. That is a fucking ton of cap space. Because, I don't know if you know this, but Joe Burrow is only costing them $9 million against the cap. What? Wait, you you don't have to pay a quarterback like a good fourth of your money uh, that doesn't make sense wait a minute oh don't worry you will uh <laughs> joe burrow is going to be a 50 million dollar a year contract uh in a couple years time i just got a wow. i got a sneaking suspicion Damn. um but he's under team control for three more years and that's where yeah that's where you can build some guys around him and go back so right now their their defense is very good and they have a lot of quality free agents that they brought in on reasonable contracts. So that being said, if you brought in reasonable contracts, I mean, Trey Hendrickson absolutely earned his fucking money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely earned his fucking money. But right now, do you know how much uh, cap they have taken up by the offensive line? The entire <laughs> offensive line? What, you have like a percentage of their cap? Yeah, what? there's a percentage of cap for the entire offensive line. It's got to be light, right? We talk about how bad they are. Yeah, the entire offensive line is less than 10% of their cap. <laughs> I, okay. And while that may not, you go, oh, well, that's, that's fucking crazy. It's, it's 10%. They can afford that, to spend some, yeah, some coin there. Yeah, their most expensive player on the offensive line is center Trey Hopkins, who is slightly more expensive than Jonah Williams, who I don't think is fucking amazing, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some of their cap is the dead cap for Riley Reef, so yeah. that's not even active money. That's you know, there's some dead cap kind of, kind of brought up in there. So you need to be probably closer to 15 to 20 percent of your cap uh, on the offensive line. The defensive line, Sam Hubbard's on a bit of a deal. Um, he's less than eight mil. Trey Hendrickson for the for the fucking thing he's done, he's worth the 15 mil a year that they're paying him. Um, you know, they need some help, uh, you know, in the linebacker situation, their corners are kind of, you know, they got Trey Waynes, who I think is too expensive, but they got Cheeto Bay for a a fucking song and Mike Hilton's super cheap. So, you know, you can part ways with Waynes or make him take a reduced salary, but you've got $50 million, you know, they're paying Evan McPherson less than a million dollars. You know, (laughs) you're not spending money on kickers and punters. They've got so much money, and they know where they need to put it. If I'm an offensive lineman, and I'm looking for a payday, and I'm looking for a chance at a ring, I'm coming to Cincinnati. Yeah. So right now they got that. They've got the money to to pay you, and they've got a chance to get you to a Super Bowl with what is looking like a generational talent at quarterback. Now the question is going to be, is Mike Brown willing to spend the money? Because we we look at the cap, and I'm a Cowboys fan. I look at the cap, and I go, we're going to max that cap out. Like, Jerry would spend more money if he could spend more money. Mike Brown would spend less money if he could spend less money. That's so true. is he going to do that? Is he going to invest that money? He spent the money for Trey Hendrickson. 
is he going to spend the money for an elite an elite tackle? Is that is that going to happen? Is he going to be willing to do that? I think the Bengals go into yeah, some heat if they don't see some of this big cap spent when you're at the top of the hill here. Uh, it's no guarantee, even if they add people to this team and just get better and don't lose any of their stars, that they go back or that they're even anywhere near it again. Because look at the AFC. You got Kansas City. You got Buffalo. You got Baltimore. You, you know, in their division alone. We'll see what happens. Cleveland, I don't know. So I mean, Pittsburgh should get worse. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Cincinnati, you got some but what Dan's saying you got some money to 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 bounce back that's not bad that makes you feel good for next year and you know so does the very young very cheap quarterback <laughs> so i would i would say this uh, i'm going to i'm going to mention a couple offensive linemen that could really upgrade the Bengals right now number 1 is Brandon Scherf okay Brandon Scherf is going to be a free agent he's going to cost a lot of money but he may not want to be a Washington commander why um, not? Strange, <laughs> oh, right? Well, yeah, those reasons, yes. Uh, Cam Robinson could be an immediate upgrade on the offensive line, as could Andrew Norwell. Now, Norwell's a little bit more expensive, but I don't think Norwell wants to be in Jacksonville. Um, there's also Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead, I don't think New Orleans is going to be able to sign a 30-year-old right tackle to the money that a th- oh, sorry, a 30-year-old left tackle that is really good to the money that he deserves to get paid. So that's that's a very, to me, that's the number one. I think Teron Armstead would immediately move Jonah Williams to the right side or move Jonah Williams inside, which is where I think he should be anyway, um, without being an, an incredible uh, expense. I think Teron Armstead could be really helpful to this team. Mm. Ah, free agency, can't wait. Is that like the next big thing we have to, to go through? Because we'll yeah. have the draft stuff after it. Yeah, well, draft and free agency are going to happen simultaneously because the new league year starts in March, so we'll be right in the middle of our uh, right in the middle of our scouting while the free agency comes while out. Free agency kicks off. Ah, I can't wait, can't wait. Uh, NFL is year round now, folks. Year round. I think I told you that too, Dan. I was like, are we going to be very upset here next the next day after Super Bowl? It's kind of uh, bittersweet, you know. It, it was a great game, but it's the last game. But no, that just means we move on to some scouting, right? I'm I'm so fucking thrilled. I can't <laughs> wait. I mean, it's I love free agency cuz there's always surprises in free agency where you go, "Ooh, that changes the complexion of that That's team right. r- remarkably." So, uh yeah, I'm fucking stoked, man. I'm ready to go and I, I think this is going to be a really good year for free agents. I think there's money to be spent. Um, some people are going to go crazy. There's going to be some contracts where we're immediately going to say that's a fucking bad idea. Um, but we're also going to see a couple teams get healthy in their cap. So Cowboys are actually going to get healthy in their cap for the first time in a long time, so I'm excited. And my Vikings will have an entirely different outlook on offense and defense, and we'll see what they want. Um, Before we leave the Super Bowl La Vida, the commercials. Did uh, any of the commercials stand out for you, Dan? I have a little list. Um, I mean, the E-Trade baby coming back, as soon as they (laughs) were, I was like, ah, fucking E-Trade baby, holy shit. That's kind of amazing. Um, but yeah, there weren't a ton that like really got me, you know, um, I, I thought they were decent, but none of them like really tickled my pickle, you know, they, I, there was some good celebrity stuff. You had, uh, Dr. Evil back with GE yeah, and, uh, Verizon did cable guy and 
Toyota did Keeping Up with the Joneses. Uh, Eugene Levy had a car commercial too. I even forget which car it was. A lot of oh, Eugene cars. Levy's. His was the best, but yeah, I have no idea what car that was. I just remember Eugene no. Levy having this fucking. Yeah, no, he was just in an action. Yeah, great hair. Sopran the Sopranos did a car thing. The Soprano they did. kids, the electric. Yeah, everything um, was electric cars this year. Everything was electric. Yeah, Arnold and Salma Hayek did an electric car. Yeah, so that was the big thing. And then we had uh, oh, I like I like the Barbie rocket mortgage thing. That was fun. Yeah, it was a Barbie dream house with a mortgage. And the Pringles uh, hand getting stuck in. We've all been in. there. Yeah, that one. That one made me laugh. Other than that, then we had some trailers. The new, the new Jurassic Park. They're dragging that thing back out. Uh, Doctor Strange two. We have to look at the multiverse. Me and Dan are MCU fans. So oh, I'm, I'm about so that fucking one. stoked about it. And then Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. Which just you know, Jordan Peele so far, you're in for uh, at least a unique fun ride. I yeah I mean, yeah every Jordan Peele I didn't watch Us because I just wasn't interested but uh, I'll, I'll go Aliens. Us wasn't as good as uh, Get Out but it still had its moments. It's still interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, well uh, that's the Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl La Vida. We covered each and every corner of that thing. I think. Um, the only other stuff I had for this week is a little bit for NFL news. They will be playing uh, regular season games in Munich, Germany next year. Which, you know, it's not a uh, not a huge difference from London. Uh, no. I mean, yeah. and also, you know, Germany's got a pretty good football tradition. So, you know, there's you a the, rain fire. Yes, the NFL Europe League was over there, and I think yeah. that's what we're seeing. So... Munich will get in the next. There's four games going to be there in the next four seasons. Two in Munich, two in Frankfurt. Uh, they're going to get the Frankfurt, the Frankfurt City's Galaxy too. What'd you say, Dan? The Frankfurt Galaxy. The Frankfurt the Galaxy. I what was Frankfurt. what was the Munich? What was the Munich? Munich had a team. Did they? You'll pull that up and then uh, say Mexico City's getting a game. Well, I hope no one gets kidnapped. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but yeah, so the NFL is trying to reach across the entire globe and take control again. We'll see, because then the USFL starts, and oh boy, you know how many mouths can you feed? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's Dan Kroenke, uh, lots. <laughs> yeah, at least half of St. Louis. <laughs> um, the Manning cast. Manning cast has been extended through 2024. Um, which I'm a little bit happy about, but then I'm also like, well, what happens if Peyton Manning is able to buy the Broncos? Can he still do Manning cast? Like that seems like a uh, conflict yeah, of interest. I I don't think he'll be able to. I don't think it'll be possible. Right. So the chances are, what we're seeing is the Manning brothers sitting on their couch, uh, trying to talk about the game, but also having somebody chatting in their ear. Hopefully they get a little bit more and more polished as that goes along because they, it's interesting. It makes Monday Night Football fun, but it also is a little wonky. I looked it up. Um, Munich did not have an NFL Europe franchise. Who else did? Give us the other areas. Uh, so there was the the grand total uh, European teams. There were the Amsterdam Admirals. Uh, there were the Barcelona Dragons. Yeah. The Berlin Berlin Thunder. The Cologne Centurions, the Frankfurt Galaxy. The Frankfurt Galaxy were actually, I believe, the longest tenured team. They were in from the beginning, and they went all the way to the end. Um, the Hamburg Sea Devils. 
Uh, the London Monarchs, yeah. the Rainfire, and the Scottish Claymores. I remember like London Monarchs and Rainfire and Galaxy. Yeah, I remember those. Um, and good. I remember they, watching they a few great of those uniforms. games in the summer when I was hard up for some football. Like, the, whatever. the old NFL quarterback club, uh, you want to go back and get some fucking tight That's unis, right. man. Yeah, That's the way. Those games. Yeah. Those are some great uniforms back then. They should bring back those. That should be an alternate uniform for those teams. Like whoever whoever had those teams as their base, that should have been them. Okay. Well, then it's time to wrap up the show as the season wrapped up of a season of NFL 2021. Um, so thank you guys so much, Dan. We are going to continue on next week with uh, starting to look at position groups for the draft. What what position yes, would, should we start with? We're going to start out with those sexy boys on the outside, those wide receivers. We're going to dedicate a bit more time. We've been doing position groups like, you know, matching position groups. We're going to try to dedicate a full episode to one position group as we go forward. So wide receivers, here they come. Okay, we'll take a look at wide receivers, and we'll be back next time with them. Get you ready for the draft. Never ends. Um, So it's time to wrap up this week's show. I got some crazy stats. Oh, please. All right, here we go. most of these are Super Bowl centric. The team that loses the coin toss has won the last eight Super Bowls. That's a weird anomaly, but I like right. it. Yeah. Even with all of these uh, defers now within the last eight years, you can do that. Doesn't matter. Uh, for the second straight year, the winning Super Bowl team has acquired a new starting quarterback, and the team played in the Super Bowl. Uh, wow. Sorry, a home Super Bowl. The team played a home Super Bowl after acquiring a uh, new quarterback. So next year, Super Bowl is in Glendale, Arizona. And if I <laughs> Kyler correctly, there's some issue with the quarterback right now. Could be could behoove them to move on. So, yeah, keep eyes on uh, on Arizona and see if they bring in a, a different quarterback in free agency. That, that guy might be a Super Bowl winner. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Rams safety Taylor Rapp proposed to his girlfriend after the win. Good for him. I mean, that's him. the time to do it. Just, you know. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great if she was like, nah, I'm just not feeling it, Taylor. Yeah. Nah, you know what? Nah, I was going for the Bengals. <laughs> um, Rams. <laughs> actually, actually, I won't fuck that Joe Burrow. <laughs> He'd be like, I get it. I get it. I yeah, can't fault understand. you. Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson is, uh, oh, he headed to the hospital right after the game because his wife was in labor for uh, his third child, I believe, because there was two yeah. that were meeting him on the field at yeah. that moment. <laughs> yeah, he, he got the news, like, your wife's actually delivering the baby right now. I was like, oh, shit, we got to go. You know, couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even stick around to enjoy the celebration and the confetti. I did. Just he to he had his own, own celebration ahead, too. That's right. Different type of celebration, yeah. And then finally, uh, Von Miller is now tied for first uh, for the most career Super Bowl sacks with four mm-hmm. and a half. Who's he tied with, Dan? Charles Haley. That's right, Charles Haley, who's been to a few more Super Bowls. Than... Well, Charles Haley won five straight. Yeah, so a few more Super Bowls than Von Miller's been to, so that's impressive, Von Miller. Oh, wait, no, was he? was it four straight? Because he switched teams with the Niners and the Cowboys, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. How many? Wait, what was it? How many did he win straight? I know he won five Super Bowls. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, those are my crazy stats. That's what I got for this week. So, Dan, you had to give us some parting words of wisdom. 
Though the season is over, the season has just begun. Tis draft season, scouting season. Get fucking excited, everybody. It's happening. It's happening. So we'll take a look at wide receivers next week. Um, but that was it. Congrats, LA Rams. Uh, we are excited for you, even if your city doesn't care as much. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was a fun Super Bowl. I'm glad it was close. Uh, I'm glad we see a new you know, uh, team in there. The Rams haven't won a Super Bowl since they were in St. Louis, so that's pretty cool for them. Yeah, good for, good for you know, good for the city of L.A. Maybe this will move the needle up just a little bit in terms of their fan response, but, uh, I mean, they put on a hell of a show. I'll give them that much. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am Scott. And this is Dan. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. This is Elroy Hirsch of the Los Angeles Rams presenting the Rams song.